off. Yeah, Will's on his phone. Work never stops. It wouldn't be a Green and Lewis episode if Will wasn't on his phone immediately and throughout. I'm I'm trying to handle important business uh-huh. business matters. You have your papers, your business papers. My business papers are yeah. digital now. <laughs> um, well, uh, this is going to be hard anyway because we haven't recorded in general. In, in what, a month? Well, a month. I did three while we were on vacation. I slept through one, so. Uh, yeah. So, but it's been at least two weeks and we haven't recorded just the two of us in a month. I was looking at the calendar today. Yeah, who are you? Legitimately I don't know you. Four weeks, I know. This does seem alien, actually. Mm. The road ones are a lot of fun. They're easier to do. A, because everybody's wasted. Uh, uh, very opinionated. So, a lot of opinions. Um, um, even people who have done this a long time, looking at you, uh, digging yourself a hole. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't mind that. I think you're referring to our L.A. riot episode. Yes, correct. With Rachel, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually, you know what? Frankly, when I had to edit that episode, I thought I came off pretty good, as a matter of fact. Ah, delusion is a wonderful, <laughs> is a hell of a drug. Um, well, okay, cool. Is this just going to be a clip show recapping our prior <laughs> two episodes? Since <laughs> All right, season one, uh, yeah. recap show. Uh, we are almost at the close of a season, I feel like. 24 episodes. 24 like, episodes yeah. is a yeah. season? Yeah, yeah, we're narrowing in on This is yeah, 19. Because then it'll be like holiday time. And I... I feel like we can take another break after 24. What number is this? 19. That'll be perfect. That literally is Christmas. Yeah. You know what I was thinking would be fun, actually? Talk to Alan a little bit about this. Okay, yes. I want to reunite the uh, crew from the wedding episode that will never come out. Thank you. And maybe do a little holiday party oh, with ho- the exact same people. Some holiday cheer. And try to catch everybody on their first drink instead of like... 300. At 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at some point in this episode, I'll drop in a little bit of your snoring. How dare you? That's the only part that Fucking I'm asshole. concerned that we missed out on. Rude. Yeah. Will had a few too many to drink the night of the wedding. I forget and, uh, that I drink wine with seltzer all the time because I'm an elderly <laughs> white woman and that you can't just pound them when they're full strength and the bartender's like, it's a wedding, have a fun time. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I had too much mm-hmm. fun. So I had too much fun. And you can't just wander away from all your friends when they're trying to leave and then get lost in the bathroom only for the bride to discover you and angrily talk to me on you the hush. phone. You <laughs> hush. I now officially owe them a dinner at fucking Peter Luger. Oh, absolutely. Dude, Peter Luger got a bad review. I know. Uh, um, no it, star. Was it the Times? The Times. Do you know anything about it? I didn't actually read yes, it. Yes, I read it. I just um, saw a tweet about it. Can you talk about it? Absolutely. So basically they were just like, oh, this is tired. Like, why do people even do this anymore? Like... It was just like, oh, it's like there used to be a charm to it. And now, like, the waiters are like, oh, we don't even fucking care. I'm like, that's the point. You go to a place. It's very brusque. You get a slab of meat and no one cares. But they were also like, well, the steak is also only finished on one side. And then it's finished in the sizzling pan. And it's not heated. Like, it's not. There's no care anymore. Yeah, I could see that being a problem. For clarity's sake, you know this, but I've never been to Peter Luger. Well, shame on you. But, But I don't know. It's been around so long. And. Also, you just know what you're getting into when you go there. Sure. Like, you don't. You're not really going for experience and service. You know that they're just going to th- like throw some shit at you, and you're like, "Don't care." Head two martinis. Don't give a fuck. Sure. I'm here to like blow coin right now. Well, with steakhouses in general, I feel like that's the case. You're not really there for the service, even though it's no. like technically fine dining. It's not. Um... But it's not fine dining at Peter Luger. It is like, here's your steak. Do right. you want anything else? Everything you pay for. Fuck you. Yeah. And you're like, okay. I'll, here's my money and fuck me. Mm-hmm. Oop. Whoa, that gong sound. That made an almost Ulrika Anderson style gong sound. That, that is who I went to Man. Peter Luger with. There you go. Well, uh, if you ever want to do an impromptu soundboard, that doesn't sound that bad when you hit the spring. Oh, yeah. A different that was a little guitar Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Let's not do it too much. Relax. Mm. <laughs> Can I make it into a soundboard? Um, it was another one of these things, though, by the New York Times where I was like, really, guys, like, it doesn't seem like you need to do this. Like everybody also, knows. Also, like, w- are you so joyless that you can't just be like, "Listen, Peter Luger, it's a rite of passage. You do it when you're a little flush with money. You you enjoy yourself because it's a thing. It's an institution. It's like going to the Met right. or the Cloisters, which I haven't gone to. It's like you go, you do it, you say you did it, and you're done. You never have to go back unless you're like, oh, that was actually fun, which it is. Right. You just have to go in there knowing what you're getting. It's like, basically, they were saying, like, 
it's not an institution anymore. It's not a rite of passage. And I'm like, no, it is. But like uh-huh. maybe for, you know, this is another one of those. Okay, boomer. Like, oh, you're old and you've eaten at like per se too many times in 11 Madison Park. Like, get wrecked. Like, do it. Everyone should do it. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. And move on. They're complaining in a way that it's no longer exclusive. Well, that it's no longer like it doesn't have the prestige. And I'm like, it never had prestige. It's a place with the steak and you're paying $20 for a fucking wedge salad. No one cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going there with a boatload of cash in your pocket and you're going to give it to a man and you're going to leave. Right. Yeah, joyless is the perfect word. Like, I don't have much to say about it having not read it other than, yeah, it just struck me as, come on, you know? Also, they were like, the soul was bad. I'm like... You went to Peter Luger and you ordered the filet of soul. You are the problem. Did sir. you just take a heart pill? Right I know. You like, walked in the... <laughs> you want fish? We don't. We go to play. Like we're. This is New York. If you want a well done fish, you go anywhere else. Yeah. You go to the house of meat. You get meat. Right. And you slurp it down and you get the fuck out of there. You sure, pay four dollars sure. for bacon and you're done. Well, like I said, the filet of soul, it's for men that have had their fourth heart attack. It's for the, it's for like, you know, mafia wives who have to keep a slender figure. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit. Totally. Did you ever see the movie, the Lifetime movie, Married to the Mob? Have I ever seen a Lifetime movie? I actually don't know if it was a Lifetime movie, but it did play on Lifetime. It sounds familiar, but no, I haven't seen it. Worth it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, can you explain what the plot of it is or anything? No, this lady married to the mob and she was trying to find her way out. Uh-huh. It's very melodramatic. So they wanted to make, um, fuck, I'm ashamed of myself, the wife from The Sopranos. They basically yeah. just wanted to make a show about her. And they couldn't get Edie Falco, so they were like, fine, we'll kick it over this to Lifetime. This was 10 years before The Sopranos. Oh, all right, well. This was a mid-90s They wanted to joint. make a show about Karen from Goodfellas then. Sure. Mm-hmm. But without the cocaine. Yeah. Well, then cocaine. it's boring. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it was very boring. It's very, <laughs> a lot of tears. So many tears. <clears throat> you know like <coughs> excuse me you know in casino when it's a lot of lawyers and the ex-wives yeah yeah it's a lot of that but less fun mm-hmm. it's no funny no well yeah that's why casino is not as good of a movie as goodfellas there's not as much cocaine i kind of like casino yeah casino's not a bad movie man but it's enjoyable you watch that back to back with uh with gf and see i think goodfellas is joyless what? What are you There's talking about? There's not a about? lot of air in it. No. You're out of your mind. That movie's funny at so many points. And the whole thing is like kind of a romp. It's about an incompetent guy that just gets further and further into his own like delusions until finally he's getting chased around by helicopters and has well, to go into witness protection. Like, I understand why that's attractive to you, but like, you uh-huh. know. Yeah. That was a low blow, but I'll accept. Hi. Fine. Hi, have you met me? <laughs> oh, you know, it's it's uh, as long as we're in the news corner talking about the times. Did you see Martin Scorsese's little rebuttal thing? About what? Uh, he got in trouble because he said that Marvel movies were just like theme park rides. He didn't get in trouble. He just shat on them. Yeah. And people were like, bro, 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 you don't like fun things? And he's like, no. Well, he got in online trouble. You know how that goes. Who cares? The uh, majority minority decided that this was an unwoke take and wanted to take Scorsese down, but he wrote a really beautiful He pissed off the nerds. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, you, can you even really call them that anymore? It's like, you know, when their movies make $2 billion and everyone in the world sees them, it's like being a fan of Marvel movies is, is not even a, a trait. You're not no, a nerd. You're just, you're just kind of normal. Yeah. But like if you're in message, bo- I think as long as you post to message boards, no matter what you are, and this applies to anyone, like even like, mommy message boards or like bass pro fishing like if you spend time posting aggressively and the you know you can quickly type op at op (laughs) you are a nerd hey listen man this is this is hitting a lot more close to home than the delusions thing so (laughs) (laughs) yeah stop putting the knives in one one two one two punches (laughs) but yeah i agree but, like, these people aren't even message board people that get mad. Well, that's not true. They are the message board people, but even they more the broadly. I'm, uh, is this too close because of your Pokemon website? Uh, well, that was the origin story of my of my message boards, my very successful Pokemon website. I was actually looking at that the other day because did, did you know the, um, the Wayback Machine? Yeah, I was going to ask, is it on the Wayback it's Machine? It's very much on the Wayback Machine. 
um, it was recorded over a span of like 10 years, even once I stopped um, updating it. But that's how that website works is like three years ago, people would take sort of live screenshots of of these sites. Yeah. And so mine has them from like 1998 to like 2007. 2007? Something like that, yeah. You updated it in 2007? No, no, or no. It existed. I, it existed. I think I stopped updating it in 2001 because there's no mention of 9 11. And that's wow. how you know. 9-11 so. really did ruin your childhood. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, but what was really funny is... You I, would have been 12, though. You should have known better than to be posting some Pokemon shit. Uh, that was right around the time I was beginning to know better, but I didn't know better. Just yet. Life hadn't jaded you by 12? No, definitely not. Uh, no, no, no. How I was I was you. still a baby at 12. Oh. I was just starting to grow up. I mean, really, it did coincide with 9-11. I don't want to blame it for everything, but... Well... <laughs> You did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah, no, that was like right on the... I went really quickly from like playing with baby toys and like still playing with Legos to like putting aside childish things and moving on to like Blink-182. Childish things. And skateboarding well. and condominiums. Also also a childish thing. Mm-hmm. And then co- condominiums. Yeah, there was like condo complexes where I got my street skating origin. Those are called McMansion no, no, they were actually con- they were actually condominiums sex. because they had these little um not this is really bad content, but they had these little bumps in between each little parking garage and condominium, so you'd have like a sequence of bumps that you could skate on. Shouts out to Chris Wynn. What? The guy I skated with in his condo complex. In his condo complex. Yeah. Nothing there's <laughs> no sadder phrase in the English <laughs> language than condo complex. Yeah, no. Anyway, what were we talking about? Message boards and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so my Pokemon website, uh, it was funny because when I was looking at it a few weeks ago, um, it was interesting to read everything that I was writing on there when I was like 10 years old and realize how much of it was lies. <coughs> what? Like, well, as the website got more and more popular, I was under more and more pressure to have up-to-the-minute posts regarding, like, oh, yeah, you had, uh, releases and stuff. Ah, the origin of content farms. Absolutely. But I was a 10-year-old child, right? So, like, how was I going to get Pokemon Gold from Japan? Back channels. eBay existed. You could do this. Well, this is also how I learned to pirate things. So ah. I did eventually figure out how to do that, but I lied about, like, the contents of the game, how to complete the game, because it was all in Japanese, so I couldn't really play it. So you are the origin of fake news. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There was so much fake news all over my website. Wow. Yeah. I would, like, read about what other people said about, like, possible cheat codes and just take them at face value and, like, (gasps) copy pasta from their website to my website. Copy pasta? You're taking creepy pasta and making that into... Or is that just... Is this an internet thing? I don't know. Copy pasta is just when you steal something wholesale from someone else's site or another message board to call that plagiarism yeah uh in mm. reddit terms it's copy pasta I'm, I'm assuming creepypasta is a riff on that although i don't know i don't know i'm not an i don't inter- know which i'm came not an first. internet person it's, i don't know what to tell you yeah it's the creep or the copy who knows i'm so glad it, my parents had dial up until i was 23 and yelled at them and yelled at aol for taking advantage of them for so many years <laughs> <laughs> what do they have now What's your parents' internet situation? Do they just oh, not very have fast. it? No, very oh, fast. They no, have no, fast no. internet. No, no, no. I, I, yelled at 18, I yelled at AOL. I was like, hi, we need to stop this. And they're like, but it takes the... I'm like, no, you've been gouging them for fucking $60 a month for the better part of 15 years. Get wrecked. Yeah. Cancel this right now. I want. Ba- I actually want back money. <laughs> Did you succeed in getting them back I money? I have no fucking I idea. I doubt it, yeah. I literally yelled. Mm. They were like, oh. I'm like, yeah, I put my big boy manager pants on went no this is fucking insane right right um and then the at&t guy came and it was cheap as shit Mm -hmm. what kind of computer are they rocking do they have like a 1998 dell no i i bought them a whole thing this is when i was flush with cash you bought your parents a computer that's very nice well i never expected such generosity from you where's my parade wait did i did i buy it or did i just go and pick it out for them i think you just picked it out for them i don't fucking know i bought them the router Okay. You bought your parents a router and we've needed a new router for five years? I can't post this goddamn podcast on time because we have a slow-ass connection? Listen, bitch. <laughs> AOL for 16 years. Yeah, I could. the least I could do is be like, I will buy you a $60 fucking router. Oh, You're not going to use Wi-Fi. Like, fine. And then I couldn't teach them how to use Roku because they were like, 
how do we use this? I'm like, you don't have cable. You don't have any logins. Mm. Plus, it was a piece of shit and couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi. Anyway. Nice. Cool. Good story. So, they're, um, yeah, they're just over there in the internet ghetto now. Doing what? Like, what What kind of pages do you think your parents are visiting? They pay their bills. Oh, I see. They my don't mom, use it for, like, the news or anything. No, my mom, like, watches exercise videos and, like, works out. Oh, that's cute. You should get her a Peloton. Do I look like I'm made of $3,000? I saw the other day I had to go to B&H, and uh, right near B&H, Peloton bought like a giant corner office building and is building this huge complex. They have a shitload of cash right now, and that's going to fail immediately. Yeah, it's going to blow up in their face like Juicero and like all these other fucking companies. There's no way that like workout videos and like custom treadmills or whatever the hell they do is sustainable, right? Oh, not at all. I mean, it's a fucking exercise bike with platitudes on it i don't fucking know <laughs> with platitudes on it they tell you like keep going keep pushing oh i see okay yeah it's very affirmative it is affirmative action quite literally <laughs> sorry i'm going through a lot of hr mm, uh, mm-hmm. training right now there's a lot of you know when you when you're hurting 20 year olds who are like joking about harassment because they're all like generally nice people but they're like oh, oh is this is this a hostile work environment I'm like fuck you guys oh yeah that's all that those sexual harassment and like hr training sessions ever do is just heighten the problem but make it ironic oh yeah they, they get so giggly because yeah. like, they're internet children and i'm like i fucking can't with you little bastards we were doing the same thing at work because uh i think i've mentioned the elevator guys in my building on the podcast before but they're notoriously like lascivious and homophobic duh and, you know they're great but like they are all of those things and in our sexual harassment training session, it was telling you that it's not just people employed by your company. Like, if you get harassed by the UPS guy, you're supposed to report it. And we were all like, yeah, yeah, we're going to, like, definitely go after Francisco in the elevator. because <laughs> What's he going to do? Call me a fag for going up to eight? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Like, I'll just be like, I'll, I don't even word him. Like, because I visit your place of work. Sure. And I just go, eight. Yep. Just bitch as fuck. That's okay in most circumstances, yeah. And I'm, like, probably the nicest person that he might have to deal with besides the employees. Oh, yeah. We're nice to them because we have to see them all the time. But most people don't acknowledge them at all. I just go, hey, please. Just, like, hi. Yeah, that's fine. And then I just go, drop me off on two, gotta pee. This self-same guy is a big fan of harassing friend of the show, Tom, whenever he wears shorts because he loves Tom's legs. What? Yeah. And he calls him a soccer player. It's a euphemism for... In F A G G O T. But Tom's not short. When he wears shorts. Yeah, but he has he has soccer uh, players are all short. He has some he has some beefy sticks on him. And he always calls him soccer player, goalie, goalie. Tom I'm the guys from Paraguay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh no, we egg him on. We love it. It's funny. Gets you (sighs) it gets you through the day. So Tom's got gams. But sorry, but sorry, ADP. (laughs) I guess I failed the sexual harassment training IRL. Oh boy! <laughs> no, they're, the the thing they have to watch is this video called um, "Why Why Don't Men Report Sexual Harassment in the Workplace?" I'm like, excuse, what men are getting sexually harassed? You know, that's a real problem. Why? Because it's taboo. Because and yeah. then it causes you all to feel shame about you know your masculinity. Exactly. There's a Dave Chappelle joke that I'm going to butcher right now, but it's something along the lines of like. Um, only one in every hundred rapes uh, man on man is ever reported. Like, do you know how many that means that there are? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it causes a crisis of like, did I like that? I don't know. Right. And I'm like, no, you didn't because you were forced into it. Duh. Well, there's just a lot of social shame too around like not making a big deal of things. It's the same. It's the well, same it's thing just... along the lines of like men aren't supposed to cry. You're like also not supposed to complain. It's pure emasculation. Yeah. Like you're just like. No, well, I don't want to admit that, like, bad things. Sure. It's particularly embarrassing if if you have even a trace of homophobia in you and it's a man-on-man thing. But I'm also referring to, like, women. There's certain women that have no boundaries with men because they don't feel like they have to. Mm. I mean, yeah, mo- most women that are, like, self-identified feminists or, like, woke people or whatever are not going to be that way. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's normie women, too, that are not opposed to, like, grabbing you. What? Or whatever. Yeah. I'm not saying that's happened to me in my workplace, but it's happened to me in life for sure. Well, like a, a front, cl- front, uh, front grab or a yeah, back sure. grab? Yeah, sure. Both. What? 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, for me, it was in like a prior life, like in a less enlightened time. But I mean, that definitely still happens. Ew. Yeah. I mean, if a lady grabbed me, I would literally backhand her and I don't care. <laughs> is that bad to say? Uh, you know what? I don't know what the protocol is on that. Like gay on femme violence. <laughs> you, you touch a gay. <laughs> talk shit, get hit. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, to me, that begs the question of like, what happens in domestic disputes between two jacked gay men? Because there's a lot of jacked gay men. That out is there. real. And, and like, what? Ha- WeHo is this? Yeah. What um, happens then? Like, obviously, the person that starts it is probably ultimately at fault. That's always the case, yeah. regardless of like sex or gender. But I could see like getting into a real serious brawl. I mean, and like the fight actually being competitive, and then what happens? I don't know. The bottom probably loses. So, oh jeez. Sorry, is that well. bad? <laughs> the bottom might choose to lose. I think is really weird. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, man. This is the wokest podcast in the entire yeah, world. Yeah, it is. Um, we didn't even make it 20 minutes in before it really just got out of control. Oopsies. Anyway. I had a martini after work. Oh, you did? I was so tired that I was like, I literally <laughs> was walking to the train and I was like, this. I just saw like a chalkboard that said martinis, $8. And I went, okay. And then I walked in and then when I left $21 for one martini, I was like, I was lied to. I'm picturing like a Looney Tunes style Wile E. Coyote situation where there's just a placard in the middle of the desert that says $8 martinis and you just hang it right and fall down a hole. I did. I fell down you're, a $21 you're like, hole. Yes. You're walking on the air and then suddenly you look <laughs> down and fall. <laughs> um and then, like, I just sat there for a while, like, at the bar, just, like, sad and tired. And then the hostess was like, do you need a drink? I was like, yes, martini. Do you need a menu? No. Wow, so you just sat down and said nothing pathetically and waited for I someone to, I just sat there like, and, like, on one you. headphone in was, like, looking like, someone help me. I'm so tired. <laughs> Bring gin. Oh, that's great. It was the worst mar- <laughs> It was the worst martini I've ever goddamn had in my Where, where life. was this place? Near on Broom. It was, oh, yeah. it took over a place that. The last time I was there, uh, <laughs> the last time I was in that space was when I was at another restaurant and me and my friend Laura um, just like wanted to get shitty after work. Like we each drank like a bottle and a half of rosé. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it wouldn't, you know, I love fucking doing this show. It wouldn't be an episode of Green and Lewis unless we had boring like bar talk with Will Listen. about where the fuck he went for a martini with so... somebody that no one knows. <laughs> Listen, like, uh, she got sexually harassed. This ties in. Oh. She got sexually harassed by this guy who was talking about some, his friend who died. And we were just like, what? Um, oh man, don't you love that when strangers just get really deep, really fast? That's when you know you're in trouble. Well, at a we bar. didn't know that the bar was like the former iteration of it was closing. It was like the second to last night. Cause we like would go there like on occasion, get a snack and, and drink. And then like this dude is just like, yeah, this is like losing family. And I just lost blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and we were like, uh, and then he's like, yeah, so, like, can I hit on you? And I was like, Laura, can he hit on you? Or do I have to be a, a big man right now and tell him to get fucked? Oh, my She's God. She's like, nope, I can probably check him right now. I well, can body check him. That's fine. I'm hey, like, you right. know what? In a weird way, something's getting through to that guy. He, like, asked for consent. You know, there's a lot, no, go- there's a lot not, going on he there. he just told the stories, and we were like, we did not want that, sir. You know, but something about him realizes that you need to ask. And at some point, he tried to ask, and then Badly. you know moved the goalposts and blew right by his oh, own. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. But at the same time, you know what? His his soft bro head was like, I shouldn't just. Which is weird because you know that's how flirting works. You're just supposed to understand unspoken social cues. Uh, but he yeah. just went right for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a rough night. And then we both worked the next morning. Nice. Just destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I just went and reminisced and went, the last time I was here, I literally sat in the same spot at the bar. I was like, it was different. <laughs> well, someone bring me a drink, please. You were just like picturing ghosts of the prior incident swirling. Literally, I was like, and... they were like, are you waiting for someone? Like, I'm waiting for a drink. <laughs> the Kill Bill siren is going off. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Well, I can't go to. Excuse me, sir. Well, I can't go to Finelli's anymore because I'll get roofied. I'll mm. get roofie colada or just drink too much. I don't know. Oh my god, you're like a QAnon person for having gotten roofied. I think it was pretty clearly established when we talked about that story that you almost certainly just drank too much on your own. But I only had three beers. My, my bar tab when I checked my like account, I was mm. like, I only had three. Okay, whatever you two. say. Whatever you say, man. Two. It was only nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. tracks. 
Okay. Got roofie collated by some dude who lived in Tribeca. Yeah, we call that Laughlin's razor. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so yeah. Do anyway. we have topics? Uh, I thought that I did, but we kind of blew by a couple of mine. Uh. I don't know, man. I got caught up in our conversation. I thought I had things to talk about. Shame on us that we're like blanking already. Wait, we haven't did... recorded in a month. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I did have some stuff stacked up, but I'm blanking, so go ahead. Oh, I don't have anything. Uh, wait. Uh, hmm. Huh? Hmm? Hold on. Hold. Hold, please. Um. Okay, so this, this brings... Okay, so I, this is... Because, you know, uh, during the L.A. thing, I had a list, and then we didn't talk about it because we had many guests. Yeah. And then I was going to bitch about JetBlue for a while just because I hate it. <laughs> um, but okay. then but then uh, today, when I got on the train, there was a JetBlue ad that it says, like, our service is on fleet. Like, Oh, geez, an on fleet reference. But, like... People don't you, even say that anymore. I know, but if you say our, our people are on fleet, I'm like, you douching? <laughs> Wait, you're going to have to explain that to me. Oh, you don't know about the Gasix. No. Okay. All right. So I'm, yeah, I'm way it, out of my so depth. Fleet... Wait, 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 wait. Back up. Gasix? Gasix. Oh, okay. Sure. But so what is fleet, fleet? Fleet is a brand of enema. Oh, okay. So if you're a gay gentleman <laughs> who takes it, you have to enema and get it all out. So that's why I was like, our service is on, on fleet. I'm like, Oh man! They do shit. And the ad next to that says our service is on prep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit. That's a, in the, when you get it. I literally looked at it. And I was like, "Y'all, y'all got no gays working at JetBlue." I know that's oh, a lie. Oh wow, that's crazy. I was like, "This is funny." And I, I, I tried to take a picture of it, like, and the fucking like the LCD. Oh, thing. changed. I was like, "Oh, bitch." I was like, "Who?" Cleared this. Do you think that anybody like contacts JetBlue and is like, "Hey, listen, I don't think you know." What you know now what you for speak a certain of. community, yeah. I mean, it's just like, come on, like even the youth of internet are like, yeah, we know what that is. Well, like, the, it, I promise I'm going to connect this, but do you remember? I feel like it was maybe two years ago. There was a big scandal in Chicago because the police were um, in in trapping young black kids by leaving Air Jordans on the open backs of trucks, and then when they'd come and steal them. They would Who wouldn't them? take them? Yeah, Are you well, fucking kidding me? Exactly. But like the Air Jordans is along the lines of like how how much how much more stereotypical a, could you? I would get? take an Air Jordan and just sell it on eBay. Yeah, sure, sure. I know, but the I'm not dumb. The point is, is like the scandal was about like guys in the Chicago Police Department. There was nobody. There was not a single person in the room that was like, guys, this I think this is a, a little racist. Yeah. 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 So. It, it's just funny in retrospect that you'd have that kind of blind spot. And JetBlue's going through the same thing. Like, there is not a gay man in the room. Or if there is, they don't feel comfortable speaking There's up. hundreds of gay men doing the fucking PR for JetBlue. Flight Blue. attendants? Come on. Exactly. This 60% so I'm like, yeah, you, of all flight yeah, attendants. Yeah, your service is on fleet. I know that. I'm sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> good God. Um, yeah, I, I saw that today and went, what the fuck? I was also just like, just a little tipsy, like just like feeling my buzz a little bit, and went, literally looked over and went, "Are you fucking joking? Good <laughs> lord, yeah. people!" Um, I, I, I. It also annoys me that those like in certain. Hi, this is train talk now. Um, like certain train stations have those like LED like big signs, but you can't touch them to like figure out like what the. You know, some of them have the touch. That's side. really deceptive because some of them are touching. And, some and I'm like, not. give me the map, motherfucker. Like, if you're in a place that you don't know very well, you're like, let me just tap it. And it's like, oh, this is not a tappy one. Right. What the fuck is the point of this then? This is just advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my story. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I, a really great story. Uh, uh, it's completely disconnected. But I do remember one of my topics, if you want to do art talk. I'm not sure how interesting it'll be. What's it about? I went to New MoMA. Oh, you did? Yeah. Bitch. Yesterday. Oh, okay, fine. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you know about it? Because you haven't the, been yet, based on reading. I read every fucking thing. Like, what are people saying? Because I didn't read anything. People like it, but it's still very like I don't know. Like the narrative has changed like a little bit. You still have to have the like the heavy hitters, 
but people are like, oh, this is a breath of fresh air, but also like it's still very male, like it's still only twenty percent women. I don't fucking. It's MoMA. You just get what you get. Like I don't care. Like, oh, I mean, I know you're just like um, citing those stats just from the top or whatever, giving a general impression. But it didn't feel that way. I mean, yes, the the canon stuff. The canon's been shuffled. Yeah. And expanded, which I'm like, oh, I'm here for. Does it feel better to walk through? It does. It was, more space? It was really crowded, but there's a lot more space. Oh, then fine. I read, ap- I read apparently that there's only 30% more, but it feels really significant. I think they added a lot of floor space, which does wonders. Yeah. Um, for the, like painting one. Well, for the whole collection. The, oh. the main thing that happened was they basically eliminated departments. So photography, drawing, print, and like architecture and design Aren't are shoved in corners. Are all in the same galleries as everything else. Mm. That's not to say there aren't certain galleries that are exclusively one thing or whatever, but more or less, it's pretty mixed up. But there's now. no like ghettos, no building ghettos where it's like I need to go see new photography year X. Right. Like, well, I thought it would be. Gallery particularly interesting for you because I, I know first of all it was as always just crowded as fuck so it for me it's disruptive and it just limits my attention basically um but one of the things that i really zeroed in on was like the building models in the context of like the visual art of the time is makes so much sense much, is much better yeah um i was looking a lot at like a frank lloyd wright um apartment building the I want to say it was St. Mark's Tower Complex or Murray Tower Complex, something like that. It was for Lower Manhattan, and it obviously never got done. No, never got no. Um, But there's a really cool, like, you know, painted balsa wood scale model of it and all these drawings and stuff. And it was, like, um, basically designed around a central elevator shaft, and then every apartment was cantilevered off and kind of, like, in the shape of a pine cone. Oh. Um, But... It's only in the sen- only in the sense of its petals. Yeah. It wasn't like an egg shape. It was still like a cylinder shape, yeah. but you know. Um but that was in, in there with like some Mies van der Rohe drawings and like another model of his and it was like just outside of a room of those paintings. Are, those it was are cool. very different schools of thought too. Uh yeah. Mies and Well, expound Mies on that and... for me because I don't know. Mies is I weirdly like all Mies buildings are kind of like weird extruded ranches. If you think about like Tugendhat, it's just a ranch mm. on stilts. Yeah, I don't know the name of it, but the model of this office building that they had kind of looked like, uh, you know, 30 or 40 ranch-style homes identically stacked on top of each other. Where was it? Where was it planned for? I don't know. Okay. It, um, eh. You know. But go ahead. I mean, I'm just saying, for illustration's sake, that I... I no, a lot of... Oh, I, mean, I know what you mean. Mises are just rectangles. Um, a lot of Mies buildings are rectangles and square uh, uh oddly enough like there are a lot of muse buildings that get bastardized as like uh condos in williamsburg oh sure yeah you know yeah. like just like hey like that's what that has wrought and you're like oh that's not one that's supposed to be well that's but, what became of like the international style and even like the communist or like soviet style in general but both mm, of both of those no, things so, kind of got yeah just well, it, it adapted to soviet style comes out of co- Corbusier. Oh, okay. I'm mixing up the two in my head. I don't know shit about this. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, you have to think about Le, uh, Le Habitation. Like that kind of like cast concrete shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Leads into Italian uh, thing. What's that kind of dictatorship that's called a thing? Italian El Duce. Help me. Fascism? Yeah. Italian fascist, fascist yeah. Arch- architecture comes out of a bastardizing of Corbusier in a certain respect because it's just like very it's just taller and just more vertical mm-hmm. or like whatever like uh, I'm kind of bad at this I'm kind of good at it, kind of about it but Mies is very like let me just do lines but it's all about the horizontal because when you open up the curtain because the curtain goes the entire span of one side of a home because it's all glass it's just endless horizon. Yeah, I'll I'll take another stab at this building for you and the listener. Like it was um it was a tall skyscraper building, but it was incredibly lateral. So it was almost a square. Probably not quite, but mm. in the sense that it was as long well, as it was high. Well think of the Seagram. So it did seem like stacks of lateral Think of the Seagram building. That yeah. is a cube on a cube on a cube on a cube. Right. 
most beautiful building in all of Manhattan, in my opinion, save for maybe Lever House. I love mm. Lever House, mm-hmm. but I do think the Seagram building is, I I love when I get to walk by it. It makes me happy, but it's still like a fucking citadel. Right. You know, and that's how you get to like fascist architecture. Like, and that's Well, what, and that's how you, how you get to corporate architecture, which is where you're going, I think, with the... Not cor- and the, that's how you get to Russian structural architecture like that. Sure. Well, where everything seems um, imposing. And it can either go the fascist direction of like political domination, it's not or it can go it, the capital not, direction. Yeah, it's not neutral domination. space. It right. becomes power space, yes. Because you just go like... Because that one, uh, the 57 building, that's just this fucking cube, like fucking Rubik's cube to the sky that's ugly. Yeah. It's the bastard child of that right. thinking. Um, but most good Mises are just like weird, like horizontal planes. Because mm-hmm. it's all about planes, man. Yeah. Um, did I, I, th- did I thought I you point? would be really into his drawings, by the way, because they had these like large charcoal drawings of his yeah. buildings that are like kind of messy. They're not that diagrammatic. They're yeah. very um, gestural, but also geometric. Ish, I don't know. Yeah. They were they reminded me of like, I don't know. I can't I can't quite put a finger on it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I you know a little bit, but yeah. But yeah, so what all I was saying was that they're um, they eliminated departments as ghettos, and everything is in the same. They're cohabitating more or less. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great way of telling the MoMA story because MoMA's not. I mean, MoMA's always going to tell the MoMA story. It's not just. It's always going to be this thing where it's like this is modernism writ large. Right. Maybe we, maybe we don't section them off. We actually show how they're interconnected in a way that like we only do like in special eggs, but like the Bauhaus show right. was basically just like, hi, this is our syllabus for MoMA. Sure. Or, well, they did that show that was like, they had the car in there with a Lu- Louise Nevelson and like a Jasper Johns. This wasn't that long ago, two or three years oh, ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was that 60s show. Yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's that, but expanded to Which the entire Which makes collection. so much more sense. Like you just get like a full world because you you reach a point in history where you can't not show the world because the interconnectivity is so great and we're at a point where like if you think you, that you can not show a Josh Klein next to like a fucking name a painter and sure. name a de- I don't fucking care. Well, I'll give you an example from the MoMA galleries. Like, they maintained the Picasso room. They moved it to a different place. But they more or less yeah. maintained that Picasso room with Le Demoiselle d'Avignon and yeah. all that stuff. The but whores. Yeah. they put, um, gosh, and I'm, I'm going to forget her name now, but she's a Shaneman artist that's been really popular lately that does the spray paint. Um, Nina Chanel Abney. Yes. They put a Nina Chanel Abney in with the Picasso room. Which Sick! Is, which is a so great, smart! Which is a so great look. So smart! Yeah, yeah. Um... They did that a couple of times. They didn't overdo that trope, which I really liked because it has a lot of impact could, when you yeah. do hit a thing like yeah. that. Um, so I thought it was good in the sense that they balanced that. Um, they did a cool thing, too, like that jumped out to me where they did a um, in the beginning section. So what used to be Gauguin and Signac and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. They had a similar room there. And then the first room that you go into to the right is early photography and video. So you walk straight from Gauguin and stuff into like that train video. Oh. I'm calling it a video, but it was a film that like 19 whatever. The freak out movie. Yeah. yeah, the freak out movie. And then like these interesting little daguerreotypes and like. Daguerreotypes? Is it a Mario movie? <laughs> yeah, super, sorry. Super, super daguerreotype I over pronunciated that. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Um. Okay, that's interesting. But so there was a lot of interesting moves like that, but that one I really liked. I spent a lot of time in that room. I think it's, I mean, like, you can't just keep going to, like, the greatest. Like, MoMA has bought so much shit in the course of their existence that, like, they can tell endless stories of the history since 1915. Right. Like, why not try another story? And, like, uh, all the reviews that I read were, like, there's a generation of curators who are not reverent to MoMA, but they care about what is in the collection. Yes. Like, they're not reverent to the MoMA story, because we all know at this point, like, fucking the MoMA story is very pointed. Yes. Which, like, as a... Here's the thing. As a historical artifact, that's interesting. Like, I, I think, like, the first like the first iteration, the way that the hanging was, it was very, like, zigzaggy. Like, you were walking, 
in a snake formation, oddly. Like, I think that's a really interesting thing in terms of exhibition design, the way that you move through history. You're just like, everything's so fast. We don't have to do that now. Right. If you have space, you get to play with everything. But they did a really nice job of preserving exactly that um, technique and that story and those works as a through line through all this other new stuff. So exactly the same collection and exactly that same sort of zigzag formation is there uh, as the central line through which you walk while everything else sort of sprouts out from it like a tree. So it becomes rhizomatic out from the, yeah. But you get all the same stuff. So you're still going to see, uh, Viheroicus sublimus. You're still going to see the target with plaster cast. You're still going to see like a flag. You're still going to see starry night. I was going to say, you go and get a starry night up in there, which by the way, I think they did a really, um, I don't know how much credit I want to give them for this, but I think they did a really smart thing too, where the things that tourists crowd around to take pictures are given both pride of place, but are also out of the way. Bless. So like starry, starry night is in the back corner of the first room. It's given a lot of space and it's not shoved in a corner floating on a wall constricting but all foot traffic everybody that's just surrounding it taking pictures is not blocking anything else same with the uh, perfect demoiselle de avignon and a few other things I too i don't feel like demoiselle is never a highly photographed thing no it it is um so is like the klimt you know they have well, that they have like a um it's aged so its effect is not as good but they have like a platinum background klimt painting um that everybody fawns over because you see people like and, a klimt people's bathrooms why? yeah why 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 people they, that don't know anything about art i mean clint is kitsch like they, they love go it. to the fucking the noia and get better ones to take a picture of uh yeah no i know well and that was one of the other things that i wanted to get to about the collection is what they were able to bring out was pretty spectacular so like right next to that more famous Klimt is a much better Klimt that's less showy ah um you know the venture brothers joke about the rembrandt painting what uh there's a there's a venture brothers clip where one of the characters is showing like some dumb Guido guy uh, a stolen Rembrandt painting. You know that? I think I remember this episode. But, yeah, that's yeah. that that uh, Rembrandt painting of the Storm at the Sea of Galilee. It's his like only major seascape, and it was stolen. I think from Isabella Gardner or something like that. Yes. So he's showing this dumb Guido guy that painting. Yes. Oh, you're. And the dumb Guido guy's like, but I want the Mona Lisa. Why are you? Why are you shaking the like? <laughs> archive of my brain going we know the files in there and then it's falling in my brain like yes there it is and then the guy goes uh it's not a better painting it's just a more famous painting yeah oh the like faggy villain yes like yes yes yes, so there's a lot of that in this show where they sidebar james domian yeah domian you're trying to get him on the podcast i mean we can reach out didn't know yeah yeah oh yeah but so funny oh yeah domian's the best man didn't realize the you know, vocal, you know, range. It was maybe maybe five or six years ago at this point, but he did an um, interesting but earnest episode of Comedy Bang Bang that was like sort of an unofficial coming out episode. Yeah, because I didn't know. Actually, like talks about it. I think everybody in the industry knew he was yeah. gay, but then he like actually came out. But yeah, he's the best impressionist alive for sure. Um, but anyway, what I was saying was, there's a lot of those type of moments where you yeah. get your Mona Lisa, but you get your Storm at the Sea of Galilee next to it, and it actually feels like, uh, right. hopefully, the curators are smart enough to like wink to smarter people in the tourist crowd and say like, if you know, you know, and this is actually better because it seemed like they were setting that up a lot. That's nice. Yeah. I, like, I, they pro- they probably just want repeat viewers. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, like I don't know. Um, Maxwell from Essex Street was like, I'm so proud to be a member of MoMA. Like, wow, this is like they have this is the greatest cache of history that one could imagine. And I was like, You're a, he's a smart ass motherfucker, mm-hmm. um, and very nice. But like, for that dude to be like, I'm a lower east side gallerist, but like, fuck you, MoMA's the best. I don't care. I've been to all your goddamn cunts tallas, like. MoMA, fuck you. It's better. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see how it stands up to, like, repeat visits and stuff and how much they change the collection. Um, as long as, like, what's-his-face doesn't get to, like, fill it with performance schlock anymore. Well, I mean, I, I it's so hard. it's so hard to give you a sense of, like, how much space there is. So, like, 
they can do whatever they want, kind of. Like, they, yeah. the sixth floor now was a special exhibition of 11 installations. Oh, a, yeah. A couple of which were, like, performance remnants, but you don't even feel that as, like, wasting space or time because there's just so much space now. Wait, does is the helicopter still there? Uh, no. Oh, blah. Yeah, the helicopter's It's gone. a win! It's a win! Fuck the helicopter. I hated that. Uh, well, and this is a minor point, but along the same lines, is they did um, sort of redo and revamp all the existing stuff, too. Oh. I shouldn't say all of it, most of it. So, like, everything feels really fresh. Good. From the lighting to the walls. Oh, like, they, okay. they really w- went all out. They didn't just do the new third. Yeah. It seems like they kind they, of redid the whole they, thing. Well, because you have to make it feel like a full building. Yes. If you're going to knock down the cool, like, uh, folk art, art museum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, folk art. Oopsies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, make it a full space. Like, don't make it like an annex. Like, yeah. Um, and I also wanted to see the Via Selman show, which I did. We can talk about that in a minute if you, you want. Did? Yeah. Um, oh, at, uh, at Matt Breuer. So I legit skipped, um, two or three special exhibitions cause I didn't have time. By the time I went through one special exhibition and then the whole permanent collection, it took me, like, three hours. Oh, shit. Which means it would take you, like, 40 minutes. Correct. Um, yes. But... That's not a dig. Yes, it is. But <laughs> we we can move on. It's not. Well, it's and not. I was moving at a quick pace, too. And I'm telling you, it's like, it. there's a lot of stuff to see. Um Anyway, so it would take me fifty-five minutes. Sure, fine. Okay, fine. fifty-five minutes. Because is, also the whole second floor right now is a continuation of the collection as well, and it seems like it'll be that way permanently. Well, like they've established oh yeah, a nineteen seventy to the present. Yeah, period. they're gonna the, like the whole thing is that like every six months they're gonna circulate the collection. Like they establish like it's not gonna be your like you know you actually have to go back. I'm like, well, okay, that's give great. Me a reason because I don't find one that often they should do that because like when the whitney reopened it was on a much more limited scale but a similar thing happened where you were like oh shit like they actually have stuff same with the met with the met Breuer. yeah um where where all of a sudden you're like oh my god there's so much languishing in storage here that is amazing and Mm -hmm. the moma show uh or presentation had a similar effect where they were bringing out like prints and all sorts of shit that i was like this is great to see yeah um amy silman curated i want to see that so it looks so good the leaning shit is oh so smart i I didn't like that just like just because i wanted to actually see the objects and you you just kind of can't in that presentation but the the assortment of stuff was interesting because she did a similar thing where she just pulled from the archives and it was like hey here's this julian schnabel you guys are ashamed of (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make you show it. Oh, <laughs> uh, this thing that you normally put above the visitor desk and coat check. She picked a lot hey. of weird neo expressionist neo expressionist shit from the '80s, and I was like, "This is cool." Like down shit. to like unknown people yeah. that I was like, "Wow, this is great." Um, she also pulled that weird uh, Albert Ulin. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. But I've also seen that like that painting times. was just out in a show, right? Because I feel like I've seen that painting a hundred times. I, I also. think I used that in a slideshow. I might have. I don't know. I've. It's an early Albert Olin that's sort of like it's a grid of silver on top of like muddy brown. Everybody knows this. Yeah, thing. we know that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I don't. But didn't do they you... break out like the sick uh, Charlene? Yeah, they did. They pulled out Igater. Yes. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe you know the title of that painting. Yeah, Incredible. Of course I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's like sitting on the floor. They're all sitting. Not on the floor. I guess they're like up on these sort of risers, but they're all but just that's sitting funny there. To sit on the. Fl- I... Yeah. Um, they delicately slipped little pieces of foam core under everything because, God forbid, it actually touches raw paint <laughs> or whatever. I hate people. I don't know. I just notice all these like little dumb art handling things. They also like de-ringed everything to the wall, even though it's leaning. I don't know if it's like theft proofing or whatever, but it's really silly when you start to look at these details it, and how much like decision making really probably went into them. They really just don't want any like if someone falls because like, it's also on a stepped presentation. If mm-hmm. someone falls and no one's paying attention, they're just like, "Nope, you can fall into it, but it's not going anywhere." Yeah. Fuck you. Sure. Um, oh, that's 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 heartwarming. Not heartwarming, but like good. It's worth a look. I mean, like I said, I don't know. I'm always kind of down on institutions lately, but. It was good. I liked it. It if was it nice to see. it makes you feel like, oh, like that's a that's a good feeling. Yeah. I just wonder, I wonder if it'll last. That's what I'm yeah. really curious about is because if they don't change it as much as they say, or I don't know, if they don't do something about their crowding problems, it's there, there's still a lot of like issues with MoMA, just 
fundamentally if in you, its layout that can more, never be solved. If you by build it. more space, more people will just fill it yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, exactly. shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's a New York problem, though. If you make more space, we'll just fucking put more shit in it. Right. Like, we're not a city that is without the ability to shove more shit in em- any empty crevice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's her face? Via. Yeah, do you want to close out on Via? I could keep talking. I really don't care. Did you see it? No. Oh, okay. I don't like Via Selmans. Interesting. Okay, then then we have something to talk about here because I've been in in an extended sort of text dialogue. Let's call it a dialogue with a super fan, Ulrika. Oh, hey, girl. Hey, sorry uh, I haven't texted you. I don't think she listens anymore. By the yeah, way, yeah, she does. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, but uh, yeah, she doesn't like Via Selmans either, and. I got her take on it before I saw the show. Uh, and it was sort of like polluting my mind the whole time I was in there. I don't mean that in a bad way, but kind of like, you know. Well, it's like three blocks away from her. So she's like, uh, I need five minutes. But can you tell there. me what you think about Via Selmans? Because I, I genuinely didn't know that this was kind of a vibe amongst I, people. I used to love it because I was like, wow, this is really like oh, obsessive. Like, bleh. And then there was like a show at uh matthew marks a couple months ago and it was just like sea drawings or silver points or something oh my like god that. enough with the fucking oceans thank you that i will say is just I enough with the fucking like, it oceans. just becomes a lot of like i'm obsessed let me show you how obsessed i am with doing this and you're like i get it yeah like i don't like i never see one of those and go like huh like there's no hit like I want a hit. Like you know, this is the youth in me going. Like, give me the hit. Give me the, give me that good shit. Like, See, that's where on. I beg to differ a little I bit. I love the radiator. I think the radiator is the one of the greatest paintings of the late twentieth century. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's stupid, and it's absolutely everything painting should have been at that time. Uh huh. Okay. However. Fuck these drawings of the stars. Fuck these water. Like mm. all these things that like become collector cards. I don't like. I like. I like the gun painting is great. Yes. The read like these banality when it's about banality. I'm like I'm here for it. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, having seen the show, I think you will like the top floor a lot because the early work is really good and it's all the work that you're talking about it's the guns and the radiator and stuff but also into the plane crashes and the like nazi plane paintings and stuff train paintings um my argument would be i think her work is better singularly like when it doesn't draw attention to the repetitive laborious quality of it i really like it but curators love to be like it's a lot of the same and it's like a practice or like no it's a praxis well, and you're like, no. I think what happened to her is, is like, you can see in the early work her really grappling. Like, she was a Latvian refugee as a yeah. young person. Yeah. So, like, you can really see her in this sort of Richterian way of, like, okay, I'm just going to paint something impersonally to try and understand it. But to, the surface is not impersonal. To try and understand it for us, for me. Like, I'm just going to get this out. Like, I'll paint a Nazi plane. I'll paint something banal like a radiator, a smoking gun. You know, it's metaphorically dense, and it's also, like, exploratory. Um, so that early work really works for me. Um, also, there's color ones, which I had never seen before. I can't think of one, but okay. Yeah, there was two of them, which are interesting. But anyway, Only but two. by the time she got successful... You can either read that later work as completely earnest mm-hmm. and it's sort of monkish in its repetitive quality, or you can read it as collector cards. Yeah. And I want to be clear that I read it that way too. And that doesn't mean that some of those aren't spectacular. Like yeah. there's certain starscapes in that show that are like breathtaking, yeah. but in a room full of starscapes, they're deflated. Yes. It made me realize that I've only seen Via Selman's work in group shows in and in museums. And in series, yeah. And not even in series. I've only seen them more or less one at a time in... You didn't see that show at Matthew Marks? I don't think I did. The little one, the low one, the cute one? I might have, but again, if I did, I probably didn't give a shit because seeing 30 oceans in a room is boring as fuck. It, uh, so boring. It is. It just is. But individually, one of those against almost any other artist's work, it does like, start to work it, its it, magic it does, a little bit. yes. Yeah. I... Yeah, it's kind of... I don't know, like it's kind of the other day when we're watching Breaking Bad where it's like 
I didn't say that they were all vaginas. It's like, oh, I didn't say they were all seascapes because I they're not all seascapes or star. They are other things. They are like tantric drawings in a way. Yeah. But you see too many of them and you're like, well, the gas is out of these. Like, yes. I don't know. Like they deflate in a very strange way where you're like, even even the process of printmaking is very meditative when you're like scratching into a surface sure. over and over and up. like yeah like but like you can do that over and over again but like you can fucking make endless amounts of those so like i don't really care actually like the the product at the end of the process doesn't give me the payoff of the experience of viewing it sure and i get a little you know it just pushes me farther back away from it yes yes it does you know like i don't get invested in it which you know i'm that makes me a cunt but like well this is part of what i was talking about with ulrika i think a lot of people have like a um adverse reaction to that experience where you feel pushed out of the work and i can't put my finger on it i won't bother to try and explain it but i think that that's part of her intention and part of the work's success is that it forms that experience up that it sort of shoves you away from something transcendent but i oh i kind of feel like that's an incidental affect that might be which is the part which is the part where i'm suspect i'm like this is an incident where i'm like uh beleaguered by too many of the same image or style of image sure which like is that an easy game to play yeah i don't know again the medium does that like do prints you're like okay well 30 of these that exist and there's variations and just don't care like when I when I'm forced to not care is when I have a problem. I think that has a lot to do, and this is her fault too, because she frames it this way very publicly in interviews and stuff. But I think that has a lot to do with the way the work is justified so much by the labor and the meditative yeah. quality of it, which I almost always think is bullshit. It, it is. Anytime it, art gets into that territory, you're you're distracting attention away from what you ultimately made in favor of what the you pro- process. Yeah, but process not in a way that's apparent. Like yeah. in an abstract expressionist painting, the pr- the process is melded with what you're seeing. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's a viable yeah. um, way of interpreting the work to think about like speed or lack of speed when you're looking at a painting like that. But when you're yeah. looking at a V.S. Selman's painting, you're just seeing an image. You're seeing n- yeah. no labor. No, because so they what's look the like point? photographs. Like, Sh- I mean, so, shit. Fine. Um, and so... I don't know. Like, I think if Via Selmans was the type of artist that kept quiet about her work, like Jasper John's style, I would. She's not. Or quiet. Agnes Martin style, yeah. where I was like, look, like, your thing is that you're kind of crazy and you just work on these paintings forever. If you didn't bother to justify that, it would do what you want it to do. Better. But that kind yeah. of shoving away of, like, I'm supposed to care that you tried. I don't care. It's needy. I've and never, no one cares. Yeah. I've never cared. It's great undergrad work to be like inspired by me. Like, yeah, I should try. And you're like, hmm, there's other ways. Um, yeah. It's perfect for students because they're still obsessed with some idea that I need to spend time on something for it like, to be yeah. valuable. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck you. Like, yeah, no. But I don't know. I, I guess I, I have a, I have an unarticulated sympathy for the work where when it hits, it hits for me. And I, and I can sort of see what she's trying to do, but I just think the later stuff devolves into cliche, whereas the earlier stuff is a little bit more vital. But, like, I would love, like, an, you know, we talked about this on a previous episode. Uh, go back, listener. Um, like, I would love, like, an armor show with, like, the gun painting or, like, you know, when it's about craft. Sure. And, like, shove her in a craft show, which she would die over. The like pro- it would, like problem? curators would be like, oh, we can't do that. It's like, but like this is about he- he- uh, hewing an image or honing sure. an image, yeah, 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 it or is. honing a metal. Like this is about finding the right thing, right? Like that matters, but you get too much of that shit in a row. You're like, I don't care anymore. Well, that's what she says matters, but then the craft of it is not that good. It's not that good. Ultimately. They're not that good. Anybody, anybody that's ever tried to paint that way, or you know, in any meticulous form, knows that like the the result of this is not what it could be, and it's not the point. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, because we can shit. 
you want me to paint a radiator? I'll shit one out right now. I don't care. Like, it's not hard. Well, th- this analogy to, like, metallurgy or some sort of alchemical thing where you're really trying to, like, use an unwieldy process to do something really refined. Yeah. Like, the other day, um, we mentioned him before, friend of the show, Tom showed me um, a certain set of glassmakers from the late um, 19th century that were doing scientifically accurate models of plants by just pulling molten glass. You um, can do that, yes. I forget the guy's names, but they were incredible. They would also do deep sea creatures. I mean, this was in a time before photography uh, was able to capture these things or or yeah. right on the verge of it being able to do that. So the best way to do this was master crafting glass. But thinking about glass making and the speed at which you have to form molten glass that accurately with that much finesse, I mean, that's really impressive on the level of craft. Yeah. Making a painting over and over again, not that impressive. No. Fairfield Porter is a better craftsman than V.S. Selman's in this sense because he can do it faster. Yes. So with like less less effort yeah like this is the part that i'm like this maybe is my main thing and it's probably personal words like via selman's like look at the effort i'm like bitch we can all do that we don't have to spend all day on this like some of us can knock shit out in like three hours i don't know what to tell you like we know what needs to hit you need to build up the hit and that's not my mode of consumption of images like as a person Mm -hmm. it's also not my mode of working like if you can't fucking hammer shit out sorry like i don't maybe i don't want to see it like like i don't know like is that bad like i i like when i just someone's like it's the um what's the guy that's werner uh luke toymans yeah like one one session or he's a good example of an alternative yeah one session or it's gone i'm like yeah bitch if you can't hammer it out you have there's 24 hours in a day and if you are an artist person who doesn't have a a day job or whatever and all you have to do is that if you can't clock in for eight hours and hammer out a motherfucker i actually don't want to talk to you well i just i just think it's okay if you want to do it this other way and if that has some kind of meaning for you but it's not enough to just lean on the labor alone as a justification like w- what about that and yeah. i've never heard that expressed but like it james sienna can just like get high and like do sure. some squiggles for well, 12 hours and he's fine I, I mean i think the ultimate um retort to this is maybe just richter's photorealist work like in what way is via selman's work distinguishable from that it's well, not, not really, really except that richter produces more of it and as one part of a much broader practice yes so i i don't know eh. well that's why you click one to the other after the slideshow you just you know, there's two different versions of that yeah this is slow well one. and i did notice on my one. way down the stairs that there's a richter show opening march 2020 Right underneath they just the fucking Selman had show. One. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> yeah, throw a Richter show. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it is the Met after all, so. I mean, I'm not going to be mad at it, but. Hmm. I think it'll be good. I always like seeing Richter. Who cares, yeah. man? Yeah, fuck it. Who knows what they own? They've never shown it. Yeah, that's true. You might see a squeegee every once in a while, but maybe not even. Eh, probably not. Those yeah. are those are cards. Mm-hmm. All right, what are we doing? How, what, uh, what's our we time don't at? need to do anything more. We can close out right now if you want wow. to. What are we at? 50, 57 minutes? No, 105. Oh, I don't know time. So we're a little over. Oh. Um. Wow, oddly art filled. Yeah, it did. What is this? It filled a lot of time. Who are we? I don't know. Yeah. Ew. I guess. <laughs> yeah, gross. Ew. Ew, gross. We talked about I want to go back do... to talking about gay sex and fleet and... You know, and like trash garbage. Yeah, yeah. Fuck like, all this earnestness. If anyone, if any listener has a Hulu password that wants to share with us, so we can watch Love Island. That's true. I'm desperate we, for Love we Island. We do dude. need it, so please um, hit us up in the DMs. Yes, please do. If you have a Hulu password, I'm not kidding. We'll do a full episode, a live watch of Love Island. We will send you two. ten American dollars. Yeah, we'll both send you ten American dollars. So. That's twenty American dollars. Yep, you do the math once yes this episode sponsored by love island love island watch people fuck for free no bitch it's called (laughs) this summer it's survival of the fittest and what you don't know is that in english england english fittest is the hottest but they're all not hot no they are hot 
No, they're not. I beg, I beg to differ, sir. Ew. I mean, they're trash, but that doesn't mean they're not hot, man. Come on. They're not hot. The men? No. Okay, well, I'll leave that to you, but I'll tell you right now, fellas. This one's for the fellas. The <laughs> ladies on Love Island are super hot. Yes, they are trash, but they're all incredibly They have attractive. little faces for too big of heads. Just the, Just Katie. You're talking about just Katie now. All of them. But also, I mean, Katie, come on. Smoking. Ugh. Yeah. Dis- disgusting. Annoying. I mean, she'd be the type of person that I wouldn't want to talk to, but I would let her talk at me. Okay. Well, <laughs> well if anyone has... What's that one guy, Tom, the Toms of the world, the big dude? Oh, you like Thomas the Tank Engine. Wait. Is, is that That's the, big the dude? really big jacked Aryan guy. Yeah, but he's a, he has a, a teeny tiny toy. How do you know? He wore the budgie smugglers in the, in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. No, well, can't have that. Thomas the Tank Engine is a tiny toy, and he has one. So, Wow. Okay. Well, should we stop now? I think we should yeah, stop Yeah, I think now. we should stop now. I think that seems right. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, closing it out. Uh, episode f- 20. Subscribe, subscribe, like, and follow. And what is this email? Oh, that's a text. Okay. okay Will's getting text. Bye-bye.